welcome back to Assistive Technology and Special Education Law. This is Episode 6, Case Law, Assistive Technology, and the Least Restrictive Environment, and the IEP. If this is your first time joining us, don't forget to catch up with other episodes in the series. Um, Assistive technology can also help students receive an education in regular class to the maximum extent appropriate. And one case um, along those lines was that of Jason, whose school district claimed that he could not be mainstreamed for math and social studies because of the tremendous quantity of reading and writing that was required in those classes. And Jason was a student with specific learning disabilities, and writing was difficult for him, and and reading a lot of material was difficult for him. But the appeals panel wasn't at all impressed by that argument and held that the difficulties that Jason has in reading and writing are pretty common, and uh, there are a lot of adaptations that are readily available to address those issues. And the panel, kind of on its own, suggested the district could use talking books, substitution of oral for written reports, and assistive technology. And the result was that uh, the district was required to include Jason in all his reg- in all regular education courses. Uh, finally, some cases about the failure to implement assistive technology services that the district has agreed to. Uh, David was a student with autism who communicate, communicated via text. That was really the first language that he learned when he was a very young child. And as he grew older, he learned to use um, a communication device called a chat PC, which uses symbols and contains many screens that a student can scroll through to to communicate. Um, in rather complete thoughts. And David was coming back from um, the autistic support class in another school building to his neighborhood school, and nobody in the new school was trained in PECS or how to use this assistive technology device. But it was clear that he was supposed to be using it. It was in his IEP. Uh, The parents then purchased an upgrade to this device for use at home and programmed it themselves. And David took this back and forth to school for a while. And then the speech therapist took it upon herself to program David's own chat PC and in the process erased its memory, lost everything, about 70, 80 hours of programming. Then the school district bought its own chat PC and programmed it differently from the family's device. So at that point, David stopped using either device because of the inconsistency. He needed, having autism, he needed a lot more consistency than having to figure out the programming every time he uh, picked up the device. Um, The... The teachers and therapists also didn't work with David on the chat PC. Um, They weren't really teaching him how to use it. They said they made it available to him in class if he should choose to use it. In other words, they really didn't see their job as teaching him, as providing 
in the language of the regs, assistive technology services. And we know that just giving someone a device is not enough. And this case went to a hearing, and the hearing officer awarded compensatory education. Finally, uh, an interesting case involving a student with Down syndrome who um, um, is very capable in many ways, but his speech is very unclear. And his uh, and he could do a lot with assistive technology, with software, if he had the right software. Um, and his parent went out and obtained an independent assistive technology evaluation on his own. And the evaluation made many recommendations for specific software and recommended that the district assign a software manager to kind of coordinate the use of the software and, and getting it installed on computers in the district. And the district agreed to implement many of the recommendations. Unfortunately, it was kind of harder than anyone thought. I think this idea of a software manager sounded very logical and reasonable, but there was really no one in the district who had exper expertise in assistive technology. And so the district went to the intermediate unit to get training for the staff. And this was almost impossible to arrange because of everyone's schedule. And the consultant working for the intermediate unit with a lot of school districts to serve um, was very, very pressed for time. So that was very difficult to arrange. It took months to arrange. And then the school district assigned um, a speech therapist to serve as software manager. But the speech therapist was a contractor who worked for the district, didn't have any authority within the school building, um, and had little knowledge of assistive technology. And most of Raphael's classes were in regular education at that point, in the regular high school, and those teachers were not trained to use software. I'm not sure that that others would have been uh, trained, but in any event, those teachers had not had any kind of orientation in how to use the software that was recommended for him. And nobody really had any authority to install the software on computers in the classroom. There were many problems with the acquisition, installation, and maintenance of the software. The software manager kind of fell back on the notion that her job was making the software available to regular education teachers and didn't train them and didn't train Raphael, the student, in how to use it. And the result was that many opportunities were missed for effective use of software. Um, for example, Raphael was taking a regular education course in money management. And um, the, the staff, the teacher had decided, or I guess the teacher in collaboration with special education staff, had decided to teach him to write checks um, on oversized pieces of paper um, and he spent a whole semester writing numbers um, on these oversized pieces of paper. And I don't know, something about this just struck me as not very useful, mainly because um, I write about two checks 
a year, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mostly and I buy probably not that big. <laughs> no. Mostly I buy things online and, you know, pay the bills online or they come out of my paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um and I think many of us are in that situation now. Uh but even if you even if someone concluded that it's really important for Raphael to learn to write checks, there's check writing software you can get for twenty nine ninety five. And, you know, why not use all the technology that exists to teach Raphael how to actually use money, to use a credit card, to to use um to make online purchases, things that he could do very well, regardless of whatever fine motor and and speech um uh impairments he had. So the result of this situation was that the appeals panel found that Raphael had been denied a free appropriate public education for about two years and awarded compensatory education accordingly. Um, And I think these cases illustrate that these assistive technology requirements uh, really have a lot of teeth, a lot of bite when they're applied. The regs are very clear. Their application should be very clear, and I think the big challenge is bringing school districts to the point where they are able to deliver the services as required by the regs, and I think we all want them to do that, to to come to that point, because you see these cases where kids are getting huge amounts of compensatory education awarded years after the fact, and that's not fair it's really not fair to anyone because compensatory education can never make up for what you've lost. You should have had it at the right time in your life when it could have made an even bigger difference. And it's kind of, in a way, not fair to, to school district staff to suddenly find out in a hearing that they've been doing the wrong thing. So there, I think there really is a huge need to educate school districts about their responsibilities under the law and to do what the what the judge said in Alba's case that they need to do. They need to seek out. They need to be curious. They need to want to know what is out there that can help this child receive a meaningful benefit from education. Thanks. Thanks, Judy, so much. This concludes today's episode of Assistive Technology and Special Education Law. We hope this program has been helpful to you and welcome your comments. Please join us for other episodes in the series.